everyone, this is your host, Dubs Weinblatt. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded earlier this year before the coronavirus pandemic. It can be a little strange listening to conversations before we knew a lot of what we know today, but we really enjoyed these episodes and wanted to share them with you. We hope you enjoy them too. Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the queer improv show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And I'm super duper excited um, about the guests that we have here with us today. Jay McBride, uh, she, her pronouns. Hi, Jay. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. It's my pleasure. Um, I am... First, okay. Tell tell the tell the world how our this is not our first interaction. And <laughs> right. I just learned. Yeah, that I, we I mean, a- I, usually I'm terrible with faces, and usually it's like I'm never like like if I see someone, they'll be like, "Yeah, we met seven times." You oh know, the same yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, you know. But but for some reason, like as I'm sitting here, I'm like, "Wait a second, I ran into you on the subway. You were ran- wearing trans Converse sneakers, and I was like, "Hey, nice sneakers. I just ordered some." <laughs> and that was like, you know, random, just a random thing. I don't know. I felt like like I had to say something. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's like a secret handshake. Yes. Oh <laughs> right. my gosh. I first of all, thank you for remembering and sharing. Oh, that. totally. Um, I totally feel that. Like it's like a secret handshake. And anytime, sometimes I'll get like knowing looks from kids, mm-hmm. and like it's just you just know what they mean when they're looking at you and like looking down at your shoes. And I'm like, that is so beautiful. I love that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Then again, it's also. A little creepy when you're staring at a trans person on the subway for half an hour and they're like, come on, look at me, look at me so we can exchange glances and, and be friends. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Cause then they're just, meanwhile, cause they're thinking some random person is, is like clocking them, you know? Yeah. And, and so, so it's like, but yeah, like when it hap, when it happens the way it happens, it, it, it's beautiful. When yeah. it goes wrong, it's, it's very ugly. Totally. <laughs> One of our other guests, maybe we were having a conversation about, about just that of like, um, what did how did they say it, Bobby? Like some kind of like special skill that that trans people kind of hone of mm-hmm. figuring out what the stares mean, like in public right, places. Right, right. And it just is interesting too of like that knowing: Are you clocking me, and for what reason? Right. It's like an evolved gaydar. Yeah, yeah, right. definitely. All right, I want to get it, keep us on track. Um, so we all have multiple coming out stories, um, and so I would love for you to share one of yours with us. Okay. Well, the first time, the first time I like, obviously, my therapist was the first person who knew besides me. Um, but my coming out story to my family was uh, <laughs> the first. I came out to my mom in a weird, awkward way, and it didn't really. It was one of those things where I'm like, by the way, just so you know, I'm having issues with my gender, and then I broke down in tears, and she's like, she didn't really get it, and then I just never brought it up again mm. for years. So finally, I was just like. I have to do this. I have to come out. I have to do. I, I have to live my life. I can't hide anymore. So I decided, being uh, you know, th- that you know, being fourteen years ago, that uh, the best way to do it would be email. Amazing. <laughs> so, so I typed up an email to my three brothers. One of them is super conservative, uh, and we grew up in a conservative family. So I kind of figured, like, I just can't do it. I can't. I can't do it with 
you know, face to face and deal with rejection possibly. So I just yeah. typed out this email. I'm like, this is what I've been feeling, blah, blah, blah. I mentioned it to mom, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's at two in the morning. So I'm typing and typing and finally I have it perfect, just right. And I'm like, all right, sent. And it says, there's no message in the subject line. Would you like to continue? I'm like, no. So then a half hour later, I put the subject, like, I think it was something like, hey, what's up? (laughs) You know, or something (laughs) something stupid like that. So, you know, it's like, what's up, bro? And uh, so then I finally sent it. And, of course, my my older brother had a a, a snide asshole comment. It's like, oh, I'll let you guys handle this bullshit or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know. And then, uh, but my other uh, brothers were really sweet. Like, one of them, like, Call me almost immediately. Like, hey, are you okay? And the other one's like, hey, if you, I, I don't, I, and the, the, um, the one young, one younger than I am. I'm, I'm the two, number two of four, uh, not the youngest. But one younger me is like the most common sense one. Is like, you know, I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't understand this. However, I'm here to support you and anything you need. I was like, what? You're. It's like so cool. So yeah. So I still haven't spoken to my older brother um, since then, and I wow. came out in February. It'll be. 13 years. Yeah. Happy early anniversary. I know. Oh, tree anniversary. Tra- oh my gosh. What please. a missed opportunity. Are you, know, you kidding how, me? How do you not know that? When Bobby, you, yeah. can we <laughs> <laughs> We need to cut that. We need to re-edit it. Happy tree anniversary. Happy tree anniversary. Oh, right. Um, oh my God. I'm so embarrassed and so happy for you that uh, well, it's your 13th tra- 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 anniversary. I know. I know. It's a big one. It's a big one. Uh, when do you get a, a trans person on their 13th birth anniversary? I don't know. You know? like yeah. it's, it's not like the usual paper, gold, silver. You know? It's going to be like <laughs> glitter, boa. Yeah. Like <laughs> pride, right. pride uh, Converse shoes. Sorry. Yeah. Gift card for Michaels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I interrupted you about. Uh, yeah, that, well, that was my first one, and, and that really it was just the, um, you know, where I just like t- doing that comment and sending, it, and that was like my actual coming out, coming out with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first time I went out, and like I, I took forever to finally transition to finally come out and go full-time. Like, I was in therapy for years. I, I even started hormone for a couple of years, and I was just, like, terrified to be out in public. And then there was this conference um, in Boston that I went to. And at the time, you know, 14, 15 years ago, it's like, I think it was in January, it's like, it was basically just, like, a day spa for cross-dressers, sort of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt like, it, for the most part, I mean, now it's more, now more of these, they're, they're um you know, trans people are coming out there too. They're learning. They're learning how to get politically active, and there are a lot of really. But at the time, there wasn't really a trans movement per se. Yeah. So it's just like a, a weekend where people could get away for you know and just be who they are. So I went to one of those, and then uh, I was just like thinking, like, this is who I am. Why the hell haven't I done this earlier? And yeah. then it, then when I got back, I was like, I talked to my therapist, like, I have to come out. I have to do it now. And, and she's just like, well, slow down, <laughs> slow down, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it was, uh, so it was really eye-opening when that, when I was able to just have that full weekend as my, as myself, I was like, it, it was, it was kind of amazing. Yeah. You know, you know, it like, I didn't get the stares. I didn't get people like threatening to beat the hell out of me. Like I was afraid of, I didn't get like, you know, no one like pointed a gun in my face and all these like fears that I had just disappeared. Yeah. Um, for the most part. I mean, obviously, it was still internally. We still have our neuroses. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it, that was just like when I got back, I was like, I have to do it. So that, that's when I then I sent the email to my brothers. Um, no, actually, no, you know what? That's when I decided when I, I – I think I talked to my brothers before that. And I was like, this is going on and it's going to happen. I just don't know when. But but when I went to this a couple months later, I was like, it has to happen now. And uh, that was my first coming out 
publicly in the world sort of thing, mm-hmm. not counting Halloween, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Trinity yeah. Christmas. Yes. <laughs> That's what I, I don't know. That's amazing. Right? I mean, yeah. come on, p- please. When you're, when, before you transition, like that's like your favorite, t- that was my favorite time of the Me year. Me too. Oh my was gosh. it? Yeah. Right? That, I mean, and I'm Jewish and so Purim is another holiday where you, oh, yeah, where you yeah. dress up. So I got twice a year. Oh, I was like, I lucky. can wear my backwards hat and, right. you know, like draw a mustache on my face and it was beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, now it's a little different because people just assume I'm a guy in drag, mm. <laughs> which sucks. Yeah. But so it's not as fun as it used to be. But that other than that, like, that was the one time I would, I, you know, this weekend was such a, yeah, I could breathe. Yeah. Um, so then I decided to come out at work. Um, I tried to do it, per, I was one of the managers there at a, at a bookstore, so I tried to do it in person with people, and that didn't work. So finally I just typed something out, handed it to them, and like three at a time, they could read it in front of me, how many questions that they had it. And uh, yeah, then after that, I was like, I set a date, I threw a through a party. I Amazing. used to wear a lot of plaid, so I called it the Purge the Plaid Party, where I gave everyone a plaid shirt that showed up from my wardrobe um, until I ran out. And, uh, yeah. Those are pretty much my only coming out stories. Uh, no, thank you so Is much for enough? sharing. That's, it's plenty, <laughs> and right, I'm good. so so grateful that you shared. Um, Although I did come out on stage, too, which is another one. So I could add hmm. that later, but let's, you know, it's up to you. Okay, no, I mean, it's totally, no, it's really up to you. This is your, oh, really? This is your, this is your time. All right. Well, I want to talk about politics. Well, <laughs> just kidding. We're off. <laughs> I want to talk about football. No, I don't. Oh gosh, please no. Um, I want to go back to this day spa. Like you said, day spa for crossdressers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was like there were trans people there, but it was really is like three quarters were were um, they probably identified as crossdressers. Where you know, which have a much harder time almost being out in public. You mm-hmm. think because they have a lot of them are married, straight, Republican. You know, and it's just so. Um, it's just this you're in a hotel and um everyone checks in it's this conference and then you just like the hotel is trained their staff are trained like don't say anything to them, which is very super important yeah and absolutely. um so then everyone's just made to feel welcome uh and, and yeah so I, I got to meet some some trans people and some then i got to meet some, you know a lot of trans people and it was just really really cool um yeah um do you watch Transparent? Um, I watched the first season mm-hmm. just because my friend was in it, but um, that's about it. Okay. There's um, I actually don't know which season it's in, but it's when um, it might be later, where essentially Jeffrey Tambor's character um, goes. To, it seems to go. Seems to have been. Why can't I say this? Goes to a weekend getaway that's similar to this, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know. That just that just came to me. But anyways. I want to talk about you. You said I could breathe, right? And like I, that is so relatable. Of um, just so I work for a nonprofit called Keshet, mm-hmm. um, and it we work with Jewish institutions on LGBTQ inclusion. And one of the things that we do is work with teens, and we create these weekends away um, for LGBTQ and ally teens to come oh, and cool. just be. And the first one that I ever went to. Um, was March of 2017, and um, I had been out as genderqueer for a few years, but I had never been in a space that was specifically for LGBTQ people and also Jewish people. And mm-hmm. so that weekend was so, so, so powerful for me because right? I felt I also felt like I could breathe and you could just show up and 
um, be who you are. And like you, you said, like you didn't get stares, you didn't get threats, and all of the fears kind of disappeared. And it's wild to think about um, how important those spaces are and how, much, how many more of those spaces we need for folks to just be able to show up and be themselves and like get a taste of what that feels like. Because it sounds like from what you said, like the second you left, you were like, I have to always be this. Right. I always right. have to live my truth because there's no other way to do it. Hundred percent. I mean, it's still. It's. It, I mean, it's as much as better as it is now for people to come out in places. It was. You know, it's still as we have a ways to go. And back then, it was. It was just. You know, it, it's like a bolt. You know, you're you're carrying this boulder around this whole time. Like you're trying to be like with me. I was working as a male, trying to be as manly as possible, trying yeah. to be masculine, hanging out with the guys. You know, hanging out with like talking sports, talking all this bullshit, being, pretending like I was interested in women. And, and it's just, it's so just like grinding on your, on your, your every, excuse me, everything. Um, that was a hiccup, not a burp. Um, <laughs> Either one's fine. <laughs> right? It was a sniffle. Um, yeah. Um, no, but it's just like, it grinds on you. It just wears away. It just erodes at your soul as this yeah. happens. And when you finally get out as yourself, it's, it's almost like, when you've been wearing the, some, like, it's almost, <laughs> the only thing I can relate it to now, it's almost like wearing a bra, you get through and you can unhook your bra, you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, which obviously there was to go to hook on my bra, but right. you know, it, it's, um, that's kind of like, you just like, it just grinds on you so much. And to, to have this, this like break, this, this like just a chance of respect, just a chance to just be free for, for a little while and not feel that pressure of being someone you're not. And it's it, it's amazing. It's yeah. just there's no there's there's no way to describe it, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um. And I know, like back then, some of my friends who, again, identified as crossdressers and probably still do, they would like break down in tears at the end because they have yeah. to go back to their life, yeah. their life again, you know. And it's like they only have this weekend, but they're like, I can't. I have a job. I have a wife. I have kids. I have all this stuff, and it's just, you know, it, it's very powerful. It's yeah. extremely powerful. It's it's um. It's so, yeah, it really is. I That week, that first weekend in March, I was in tears the entire time. And I was, like, meant to be one of the adults that was, like, role model. I mean, and, but I just, I couldn't keep it together because it was so powerful to be. And I was out. But, like, it still was just so powerful to be in that kind of space, to just exist. And seeing, mm-hmm. and, and really seeing all of these teenagers living in their truths and, like, being so out and proud and it's so amazing yeah it was it's just, so amazing like just seeing kids today that are able to come out with supportive parents you know it's like it's just it's 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 amazing it's terrific i can't think like yes obviously there's still kids getting whose parents get death threats now and they're like i think george just tried to pay out someone introduced a law to ban like treating trans youths yeah uh, but there have been a few of them so far but i mean like it's it's you're right it's just you feel your soul feels good it, it's good for your soul to see this, you know, as a trans person. So, yeah. yeah. It's reparative in so many ways. 100%. Um, I want to go back to the the analogy you gave about, like, uh, like people, like you going to the space to, like, put on your bra. Right, right. And, like, <laughs> I just, like, when I, when I try to, and, you know, just when I try to describe how I knew that I needed to have top surgery was, like, for me was, like, my chest was like a perpetual bra or dress that I couldn't take off Mm -hmm. and I didn't have the freedom to, to take a break. And so like imagining how grinding and like how terrible that is that you 
are are dealing with this part of yourself that you don't connect to and relate to and you can't do anything about it in the moment. Right. And so it's like to be able to have these spaces where, you know, where you can, you know, like take off that perpetual dress or put on mm-hmm. your perpetual dress right. um, is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, people people get upset by having a skin tag. Imagine like, <laughs> you know, two 10-pound skin, pa- skin tags that you're just like staring at. They don't belong there. And it's just like, it's just a reminder of that you think of yourself as a mistake, you yeah. know, at least with yeah. me, that's what it felt like. It's just a constant reminder that like, all right, you're, you're a mistake. You shouldn't have been born this way. And now yeah. you're stuck living that way. Yeah. And uh, I think it was me. I had, uh, this is kind of, well, uh, all right, what the fuck? I had a little <laughs> bit of body hair. Mm-hmm. That was it for me. That mm-hmm. was the big part with, with me. And like when I'd grow stubble and it was never huge. I never had a, I couldn't grow a full beard or anything like that. But every time I saw it, it's just like looking at that. I'm like, why? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I I remember so many so many times I would stare in the mirror, and I would I would I wouldn't even take my shirt off because I hated seeing mm-hmm. my body, but yep. just crying and looking at myself in the mirror and being like, "Who is this person?" Like I couldn't relate or see myself at the re- like within the reflection, and I was like, I really felt so. Um, like a mistake and like right. what is this what is this life like what does this mean and it was so hard and i didn't talk to anyone about it for forever because i was right. so scared i was terrified and, and i think the other thing that came through my head is that like look at you you really think you could live as a woman you just look how ugly you are you know and, and yeah. it's just like that that like that person inside and obviously like for those you've never seen me i'm incredibly gorgeous um can confirm because <laughs> you know you know like like men faint at the night on the subway when they see me it's uh quite quite disturbing in fact um uh, <laughs> but i digress <laughs> no like i'm look I, I i look at it this way i'm now i'm like i'm not bad for for you know and i'm fine with that if i go through and people don't turn and stare because they don't see a man that's all that was my goal all along mm-hmm. and then you but but before transitioning you just think everyone's gonna look at you you're gonna get death threats you're probably gonna die you're probably gonna you're not gonna have a job you're probably gonna have to resort to prostitution which a lot of trans people still do um sex work and um so i'm very pro-sex work too by the way but um what'd you just say very pro-sex work too just because of that absolutely Um, absolutely but um yeah, and it's just it's just you think all these things like for a while I was thinking like, well, I guess I can apply to be a maid somewhere. Yeah. And I was thinking like, you know, which again, I don't, I don't have an issue with someone who who does that. I, I you know, but it's like when when you just say like you take all your dreams and say like I can't do any of those dreams. Let me just find a job that no one will look at me. Yeah. And you know, it's it's interesting because the first season we had a lot of themes pop up around um like the power of listening and like being heard and seen Mm -hmm. and we're in the very beginnings of recording season two and we've are this is the second time that this has come up where um another guest was talking about also finding a job where like they didn't have to like interact with anybody because it just was like too hard and and i was like i feel i felt the same way of like of like there there is no future so why does it fucking matter right you're basically i mean basically I, i i was like in my mind, I was like going from one closet to another. I'm still not talking to people, which is, you know, which is sad. It's sad when you think like you're not, you're on, you, like, you feel like Quasimodo or something like that. Like, you know, yeah. just you can't interact with people ever in, in your head. Then when you finally start to break through that, and it, it's, 
it's I think comedy's helped out a lot with that too. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, like I'll talk to people on the subway, like strangers, like you. Actually, <laughs> I was gonna say about my shoes, <laughs> whether they're wearing trans shoes or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll just say it to random people. You're trans. You look transgender, and just see what happens. Um, <laughs> no, I don't do that. I was uh, just gonna confirm or deny if that was true. But no, <laughs> no, it is not true. But I mean, like I don't mind talking to people now, and I think like it's it's an amazing like coming out and like comedy to a large extent, um, and it just it just makes you feel like. Yeah, I'm I'm a person like everyone else. Yeah. How weird, how bizarre. Yeah, it is. It's so wild. What what changes when you when someone comes out and affirms who they are, and also feels support from the people around them, and like how important that is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, especially with parents, I'm sure you cover yeah. this all the time. Like yeah, how kids are like 13 times less likely to commit suicide if they have mm-hmm. supportive parents. Yeah, um, yeah, it's. It's just so important. There's a new st- statistic out of it's like a, a kid is 40% less likely to die by suicide if they have at least one adult in their life that is supportive. Like just one. I mean, think about that. Think about that. Yeah. If you could, if you could make it someone like if you could make it 40% less likely that they'll die of cancer, everyone would do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, but for some reason they think you know. I don't know. Yeah. Preachers um, are converted here. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, wow. Okay. So another, okay. So before every episode, I ask our, our guests and say, like, what are the things you want to talk about? And what Mm -hmm. are the things that are off the table? And, um, another, another, um, conversation that has come up more recently is when I ask my guests, um, they say, just don't talk about my genitals. Right. Right. And like, and you know, and then you made a joke of like, of course you would never do that because as a trans person, I know like right, right. to never do that. But yeah, that's just for the straights. <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> that's right. a lesson for the heteros. Yeah. You, you normies. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. It's such an interesting thing to think about of the kinds of things that I guess that trans people have to think mm-hmm. about that other people don't think about and like setting, like I'm open and I'll talk about everything except this. Right. And here's the thing, like what, and what I say to, to normal people, it's like, it's not even that I'm, it's like, if you're going to ask me a question about my genitals, I'm going to explain to you why mm-hmm. you shouldn't. That's all. Like it's, it's got nothing to do. It, it's, it's almost like, you know, why is it trans people are the only ones you can talk about genitals? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I will put my genitals on the table, literally. And uh, <laughs> no, but um, but I tell people it's like you know when when you talk about someone's that shouldn't define what, whether you know who you are as a person. And and let's face it, it's not cheap or easy or accessible for for trans people to always get surgery. Right. You know. So I mean, like, am I if again I'm trying to avoid the topic, but um, if I say I have a vagina, does that make me better than someone who can't afford it? You know, mm-hmm. and it really bothers me, especially when you see like like we talk about sex work, trans people in sex work. They 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 can eventually, but like they would lose their livelihood. You know, yeah. like, quite literally. And it's just so so. I just like hate that it's almost like an us versus them animal farm sort of thing when people talk about their genitals and and a lot of trans men like they don't have a viable option for it. You know what I mean? There are some, but it's like some, like, you know, a lot of complications, a lot of, and some people go to Thailand for, for female gender confirmation surgery. It's just, there's a lot to it. And I think that people don't get, they think it's like you walk into a McDonald's and like stick it on and then you're done, you know? And, yeah. and it's just, um, no, but the, the main reason I don't like to talk about my genitals because I tell jokes about having a penis and a vagina and uh, I don't want to lose either of those. 
because they're really <laughs> they're really funny. <laughs> the joke? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. really. I don't know. Um, um, no, but that's that's like that's so when I when when people who don't get it or aren't don't know a lot of trans people, you know, uh, that's usually the spiel I give to them. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I do want to um, go back because you said when talking to normal people, and mm-hmm. I want to just dissect that and kind right. of. Um, that's reframe me being, that. That's me. I know. That's <laughs> okay. me being goofy, and that there are no normal people. But yeah, I know. It, it's when I say that, I mean like cis people who are more curious than they are interested in learning. Yeah. I think that's what I mean by that. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 just me being goofy. I yeah. Guess. I knew you were joking, but I, in case yes. some of our listeners did not know, because I can see your uh-huh. your facial expressions, uh, I just wanted to name that that uh, yes. name that that right quickly. You're right. I, um, <laughs> you, you might be doing that a lot more. <laughs> that's fine. The more I talk. <laughs> by the way, she's joking. Um, uh, we're this is a joke. Um, <laughs> So uh, just just add like canned laughter at the end of it, maybe. <laughs> How about that? Would that be good? Like think, mash. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to go back to something you said too about um, like being born a mistake, mm-hmm. um, because I think that I still um, have a really hard time with that, and like haven't I truly haven't talked about it much with people because um, I guess. I feel ashamed thinking about that. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, on the one hand, it's like God doesn't make mistakes and we're all beautiful and we're all incredible. And it's not necessarily a mistake or, you know, God or a higher being or, you know, science or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And I still, I still had something on my body that I didn't relate to. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, I can't, I'm still... I, I'm having trouble even articulating it to you right, right, right now because right. I'm I'm still reconciling with n- sometimes not feeling like a mistake or mm-hmm. feeling like how couldn't how come I couldn't just like figure out how to live with it and it's like well I know in my heart and in my every fiber that I did the right thing by having top surgery right but I just I don't know, I'm curious like if like you can share any kind of insight or. Um, thoughts on how you've moved moved away from thinking that thinking yeah that way. Uh, i mean like i come from it from a more atheist or agnostic point of view now i was raised catholic but i sort of am a lapsed catholic at this point so when that i don't really look at it in terms of like higher beings or god making mistakes not making mistakes but i look at it like like i when i would look at myself i would think this isn't the life i was supposed to have mm-hmm. like like something happened like i came out of the i came out of the factory broken Hmm. You know, and was put out there anyway. And, um, you know, and, and when I and then I, I think about this a lot, like, would I want to go back and live the life I, I supposedly, you know, think I should have had? I don't know. I, I don't know that. But you get to a, I mean, the more you look at yourself as to what's wrong with you, like, I think it just wears on you. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. think you can. I mean, you have to look at it like like this is where I am and this is who I am. And. I can't control where I, how I got here, but I can control where I'm going. Yeah. You know, to a large extent. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, and anyone who tells you they know God's plan, I think is, uh, is full of it. And I can tell that you that I as agree. a Catholic. Yeah. So, I mean, like maybe that was God's plan for you to have top surgery. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like that's yeah. the sort of thing I try and tell people too, when they feel, you know, but, um, feel guilty or anything like that. But I, I just feel like it's, it's, you know, we, we have, 
un- unless unless Hindus are right, we have one shot at this. You know, yeah. you know, and, and it's Yola. it's just yeah. <laughs> Yola. Good. That's uh, I've never said that before out loud. Um, I say it all the time, and I have it tattooed. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Oh wow. Um, I just yeah. I just feel like it's you can't. You have to learn gratitude at some point, or you're going to drive yourself insane. Yeah. You know, you have to say like, I'm grateful for what I do have. Yeah. Like for me, I, I just say like, you know, and I think I talked with um, another comic, Mike Kaplan, on his podcast about this. Like at some point you have to be like, look, I'm pretty in a pretty good spot. Yeah. I'm living in New York. I have money, you know, enough to where I don't have to, you know, I'm not, I'm not loaded. But I mean, like I can pay my bills is what I mean. Yeah. Like I'm not homeless. I'm not like starving. There are people like in this city every day that I pass that I just, you know, feel feel terrible for then there are people who don't have a family where they that get, will accept their transition and like my heart goes out to them too and it's just yeah. like you you get to a point you have to find out you have to find something to be grateful for yeah and change your thinking yeah that's how i feel about it but i don't know no that was very helpful i i definitely feel grateful and feel so like know how privileged I am like was able to have top surgery and get insurance to cover it and all that good you know really really lucky privileged stuff but I what what you just said that's that struck me and has has literally like shifted things in my brain so thank you is um you know maybe God's plan was to have me have top surgery because I wouldn't I wouldn't trade any of my experiences for anything because it's made me who I am right and it's made me a much more compassionate, empathetic um, person, I think. And that wasn't meant to be a humble brag. It just meant, like, no, no, I no, really totally, have, totally. like, shifted, like, my whole – I am such a different person now that I am an out, like, trans person. Right. And and how many people have you helped? I don't, you know? The list – no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Four. Uh, <laughs> right. if, if you count the person I, I gave a quarter to this morning, <laughs> right. uh, four. Um, No, but I mean, like, people ask me things all the time. I think I'm sure you get the same thing on Facebook or Twitter. People just ask me advice or they know someone who has that. And it's just like, I wouldn't be in this position as a cis male. I would be in in what much, (laughs) I would be, you know, ruining the world. uh, (laughs) No, it's body. (laughs) But but now, yeah, I I feel like you just have to get to a point like you have to, like, this is where I am. What can I do with my life? Yeah. Yeah, that was so helpful. Thank really? you for sharing your wisdom. No, really? it, it, oh wow! It, oh, good. No, I'm I'm being so serious right now. Um, oh cool. I might be smiling because I'm nervous, <laughs> but um, no, I no, good. I'm was, glad. Yeah. I'm glad because like I mean we we have so much guilt. Yeah. Like I'm well, you're Jewish too, so I mean yeah. it's like squared. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. uh, so much guilt. Yeah, all the yeah. time about. I everything. mean, Catholic guilt is pretty strong. I mean, yeah. I, like my friend has a has a joke about it. Lauren. She says, uh, G- "Jews invented guilt, guilt, but Catholics perfected it." Uh-huh. Sort of thing, which is pretty funny. But I mean, yeah. like, there's so much guilt. Yeah. So. Um, so you you've alluded to this a few times that you're a comedian. Yes. Um, how long have you been doing comedy? I've been doing comedy just over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Wow. I, I started when I was nine because I'm <laughs> 19 now. Yep. Um, and uh, now it's, and it's been going really well. I, um, I just had my, was on Comedy Central last summer for wow. the first time, Amazing. which is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm a regular at the Comedy Cellar, which is the greatest comedy club in the world. So, um, you know, it, it's going really well. And, and it's also kind of neat that like I can talk about being trans. I didn't always talk about being trans. Like I used to try and hide it, I guess. But but you know, I would now that I do talk about it, 
there are a lot of people who don't know someone's story as a trans person. And I can be on there and be like, by the way, I'm trans. And I can tell, I can tell, make it sort of palatable again, normal, quote unquote, normal people. Again, you know, I say it that way, but I don't mean it. You know, I mean it like people who don't come in contact with trans people. I can do an Elks Lodge and, and <laughs> right. have conservatives and like have them look at me like, oh, maybe trans people aren't all evil, you know? Yeah. So that's, um, but, uh, and, and it's, it's pretty cool. I'm really enjoying it. So it's awesome. What's your favorite thing to make jokes about? Uh, myself and my life. Yeah. I, I, I do self-deprecating. Usually what I do is I take something that really happens and then take a really dark <laughs> twist on it. Okay. Um, that's my, like I talk about my dad, like how, uh, like one of the, one of the, the things that my favorite dad story to give you an idea what he was like. Uh, and I don't really talk about this on stage, but like as it is, because it's not as funny. <laughs> it doesn't work in my act. Yeah. But um, like the first time that I think I I saw um, so, someone who was where I could relate to, I was probably like twelve or so. There's some talk show on, and these female impersonators and drag queens were on. They're doing a story about that, and I'm sitting there with my three brothers, and I'm looking at like they're not paying attention. They're throwing the football at each other, crotch or some stupid shit. Yeah. But I'm like watching this, and I'm like, oh my god. That, that's me. I could do that. That that's what I could. That's me. That's yeah. me. You know. So I see this, and then my dad walks into the room, looks at it, and just says, "If any of you turn out like that, I'll kill you." Oh my god! And I was like, "Oh," which just crushed me. So here I am. I finally see like a light at the end of the tunnel, and then he just walks in. So that was kind of like how my, you know. So I so now uh, now that he's passed away, I can really go to town, <laughs> give yeah. him a little what for. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like that, so even though it's really dark, uh, it, it's very therapeutic, I think. So, yeah. Um, would you say that was your ring of keys moment? Uh, it, 100% <laughs> <Yeah>. was. 100% <laughs> was. Way to organically uh, bring that in. Thank you. Thank you. When, when you said we might not talk about it, I was like, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll show Challenge you. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> um, I lost my ring of keys. Have you guys seen them? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what a, what a moment to like finally see yourself in something else and feel so affirmed in that way of like, oh, like that could be me. And then have someone who's supposed to protect you and love you and care about you. Like literally shit on you. hundred percent. Well, not literally. Not literally. That that, that was like the next day, but that was, that was, that was a long story. Um, No, but yeah, you just like, like here I was born a boy wondering like, what's, what am I going to do with my life? You know, wondering what's wrong with me. What's, you know, all the, all these things. And then seeing this and I was like, what? Yeah. Like there, there's, there are other people like me. Yeah. And it was such a powerful moment. And then just like, you know, so then, then of course, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Quashed. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I saw that you do um, this, uh, like a TED Talk type workshop called oh, yes, the Chamber yes. of Secrets. Yes, um, which was way before uh, uh, J.K. Rowling came out, very being very turfy. It was like yeah. five or six years ago. So very, very turfy. Yes. Um, so do you do you still tour or in, in, like teach this workshop? Or? I really, I really don't. I mean, I. Um, I think I would like to still, but but I almost think we're we're almost past that now. I think we're you know you know I did it because like I called it Trans One Hundred Two, the Chamber of Secrets, because you know we all had this this like Trans One Hundred One. We called it like the first time we met like someone who was like a cis a cis straight person who 
never saw a trans person before. We do trans one-on-one. Like, what does it mean to be trans? What does that do? You know? Yeah. And, like, the same thing, like, what I said, how I explained to people about why I don't talk about genital, stuff like that. Yeah. And that was, like, for the longest time, people in the trans community called that trans one-on-one. So I thought, like, well, I think people got better and better, and they started to understand more. So then came trans 102 is what I called it, where I was, like, the next step. Yeah. Um, and I almost, like, looking at that, like, like I mean, the things I would bring up... Um, like the suicide rates for kids. Yeah. Like how kids who, like at the time it was, um, Lee the Alcorn, it was uh-huh. right after, uh, it was like a year or so after, um, like she, she committed suicide, jumped in front of a truck because her parents put her in a conversion camp. And, and it's just like, and then there, were, it's, it's just so hard for kids who don't have someone there. And, and it, it just, I just wanted people to know that. Um, and I got to take a dig at Caitlyn Jenner, which at the time felt very good. I don't know that I would do that now, but at the time, yeah, <laughs> it felt pretty good. What um, what kinds of people would come to these workshops? Like, where would you, where would you facilitate? Sometimes I would do it out of college, um, but again, college kids know more about trans people than virtually anyone because they're so accepting and so open to it. Uh, but I would also go, um, like I did, I did to a couple different. Uh, just seminars basically about diff- various topics. So it could be one about change, one about self-acceptance, you know. So it would just, it would depend. It would usually be like um, like a conference room somewhere or a lecture center somewhere. That's about it. What would what would 103 be? I don't know, you know. I, 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 I've been thinking about that, actually. And I think, um, I think just seeing the people that still are out there that dislike us. You know, I, I think, I don't think that, I think they're, if you were to ask someone on the street, like, if you were to tell them, do you know there's a branch of feminists who really hate trans people? They'd be like, no, that's not true. Right. Feminists have, have pink hair and they wear, wear pussy hats and they scream at Trump and they love trans people. And I'm like, well, you know, so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, a lot of the work that I do is facilitating these kinds of like 101 mm-hmm. building a shared language what does it mean to be transgender right, what right. Is it, you know here what here's what a microaggression is and here are here are w- the ways you talk about the trans experience and here are words and things that you don't use you know mm-hmm. you don't talk about um, and i'm finding that at least in the circles that i'm in we are still very much in this building a shared language and um I sometimes will get to a quote unquote 102 of like digging more into the trans experience and like different ways someone can transition and affirm mm-hmm. who they are. And I, yeah, I would, I am think I do always think about like, what's the next, right, what's right. the next level of like having these kinds of conversations. And you're right. I think like talking about turfs and, and non-binary people in general, I think yeah. there, there's so much, I, I mean like mine, I didn't even address non-binary people, Yeah, you know? And, and I think it's just something that's soup. That's, very like in in the public eye, very misunderstood, yeah, uh, and very unknown. And I think people look at pronouns like it's a burden, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and it's just like I'll call you whatever pronouns I want. It's like, okay, uh, you know, really, really. And, and it's just stuff like that is still out there. So I mean, I, the more I do comedy, and the more I like talk to these, like, y- you know, I. Uh, I don't know how to put this. I guess when I talk to a typical comedy club crowd, I, I feel like they don't want to be lectured. So I feel like my comedy is sort of like 
steering away from that education a little bit, you know? Yeah. And so I don't even know if I'd be, I would be the right person at this point to do a 103. But, um, you know, but I'm glad I did it at the time. And it was, um, and I feel like it was uh, a great experience. That's great. Yeah, I definitely get into pronouns because that, that seems to be, like in my trainings, that seems to be um, a big question mark for so many people mm. and they just want a place to ask questions. Yes. And I'm, I feel lucky that I, you know, I don't always want to be educating people at every moment. Like you said, no. like as a comedian, like that's maybe not necessarily the right place to be doing it. Um, but I do feel lucky that I get to, um, give space for people to ask questions, especially around, because, you know, as a, as a genderqueer person who uses they, them pronouns, it's like, it feels very, very important to me that people understand why mm-hmm. why they should use people's pronouns and why it's not a preference and all you yeah. know you know t- trying to help tweak language so people can feel more affirmed um at all in all walks of life um but it's and uh, and also they're coming to learn and so i'm i'm at an advantage because right, it's, right. You know, i'm not like it's not required you know it's like people want to be there and they want to learn which is oh, that's not good. always the yeah. case yeah. yeah um so Speaking of like language and things that we should say and shouldn't say, mm-hmm. um, and then also uh, when I was confirming your pronouns, you yes. made a joke. Yes, yes. Um, can I? Can we talk about it? Sure. I I, I do it. Like obviously, my pronouns are he, she, hers. Um, but um, you know, I, I one thing on stage that I like say a lot. I was like, and I, I joked with you. I was like, yeah, my pronouns are tranny and female, and uh, it, it's just something about those words that. One makes people uncomfortable, yeah. But also, which which I love, but also it's something about taking ownership of them. Like you're not going to use them against me. Yes, that I yep. love. The reclaiming. Uh, um, yeah. Um, and I say like I say both in my act a lot, and and of course I do it in a way that says like, by the way, I say this to make a point. You should never say this. Mm-hmm. Here's why, and you know. So I try not to be like that flippant about it. With but I mean it, it's there's somebody like there's something powerful about it. It's when people say like, I don't think tranny is a hateful word. It's like, well, I guarantee of, of all the trans women murdered last year. Um, and the trans, I think it was already, there's a trans man murdered on new year's Eve this year, new year's day this Uh year. Um, I'm sure every one of those was being called tranny and faggot as they're getting the hell kicked out of them. And on their, their dying words, The, the last thing they probably heard as they're dying hateful words like tranny and shemale and faggot and it's like that's why it's a it's a hateful word and and i you know i feel part of it maybe i just like it's just my like in your face kind of thing my unapologetically trans thing like i really want to get tranny tattooed somewhere on me great um it just i don't know i think maybe it's the fact that i was in fear so much of people who hated me and would say these words that i don't know yeah, no, thank you for thank you for kind of like breaking that down. Um because I think it's uh the first of all like the in speak of like trans people can like it just I feel like how like gay men can call each other fags mm-hmm. in a way that no one else can um because it's not appropriate and there's right. like a level of understanding and a level of this is our shared experience so this is the language that we can use if we choose to. <laughs> Excuse me. And I also really um, 
like I really do appreciate the ability to be able to reclaim words, and yeah. so they can't be used against us. And I think the same with queer, right? Um, and and I don't call anyone else tranny. Let's let's, <laughs> let's make that clear. I yeah. only call myself that. You know, it's like to be clear. I don't call any other trans person or anyone else tranny, shemale. I don't call them any of that. I don't even call them queer. I don't even call them. I just like that's something I I say about myself. Just be like. This is who I am. Yeah. I'm your worst nightmare. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I'm the tranny you've been talking about. What, what, so what of it, you yeah. know? And, um, but yeah, it's just, sorry, I just wanted to make that clear before I, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Thank you for, thank you for making that clear. Um, and I hope I wasn't implying. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't think you were, yeah. but I realized after I said, it, I was like, oh, am I walking around yelling? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, there is just so much. Well, and, and that, that also, I feel like this could be a one two and a half or three of like making sure that we're reflecting the language back that people are using, but in a way that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. like, even though you're using it for yourself, I still would never call you that. Right. Right. Um, we also don't have that kind of relationship to like joke about that yet, but, um, Bobby and I do. Right. Right. Uh, but like, I, you know, I don't think I've ever called anyone those words. Um, right. Nor should you. You right, know what I mean? Right, and I grew up course. in a time with three brothers where they're like, you know, that was the biggest insult you have is to call someone gay yeah, or absolutely. call them a fag, quote unquote. Yeah. And it's like, then you like, so now it just, it kills me when I see a comedy, a comedian just being like, why can't I say faggot anymore? And it's just, grow up, asshole. Yeah. Also, you know what you I mean? never could. Grow so up. Grow up, up, dickhead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, but there, yeah, but there is just so much power in, in taking words back for yourself. Yeah. And showing the world, like, fuck you. Like, this is, this is who I am. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Um, I feel so comfortable asking you questions. You see, oh, really? Yeah. Okay, good. This is so good. lovely. I mean, I do with all my guests, everyone who's listening. Um, but for, there's something about this rapport. Aww. I'm really digging it. Well, thank you so much. It's because I broke the ice with the sneakers. Once, th- once you th- learned I had trans sneakers, I should have worn my trans sneakers. I should have worn mine. Totally right? Yeah. Plus, it would have gone great with your sweatshirt. Thank so, you. you. And know. I have a, a trans pride scarf, too. So Oh, really? I really oh, should have. Nice. Yeah, I should have just worn the shoes, too, next time. Um, okay, I want to switch gears a little bit okay. because I saw that you were a writer for Abortion Access Front. Yes. Um, tell us what that is and what I, mm-hmm. I, when I was doing a little bit of research, um, I thought something was awesome was that it used to be called Lady Parts Justice League. Yes. And appreciated beyond words, like the intentionality and the note on the website from the founder, I guess, probably. From Liz, yep. yep. Uh, being like, you know, I'm sorry that that name hurt people and it's not inclusive. And so we changed our name to make it more mm-hmm. um, affirming for folks who need these services. Right. So I really appreciated that. So I would I would love to hear about kind of like the work that you're doing with them and the work um, – that they do on a whole and like, uh, on, yeah. And, uh, just kind of, yeah, just want to hear, I want to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I work for abortion access front and, uh, they have another, they have a C3 and a C4. One's abortion access force, one's front. So I volunteer for force, but, uh, because the, you know, nonprofit rules and that I work for front, um, which I have to clarify every single time, <laughs> but, but it's great. The, and the, the rant, when they called themselves Lady Parts Justice League, it wasn't meant to be non-inclusive. It was basically there's a state senator in Michigan. She was protesting the uh, like they tried to pass this law that required a vaginal ultrasound in order to get an abortion. Uh, so so she said basically like you know I, I don't think you know she started talking about it's like I don't think you should be allowed in into a, a person's vagina. And they said, could you, like, we object to the language. Could you call it something else? 
and they said, like, can you please start calling it Lady Parts? <laughs> you know? So that's where the Lady Parts Justice mm. came from and the Lady Parts Justice League. Uh, it wasn't meant to be, a, you know, anything like, this is just for ladies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but what we, so so that's why the language was was changed. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a very good thing. Um, yeah. Although abortion scares the hell out of people when they see that. But this that's what we do. We try and destigmatize it. But we are basically this, um, we're a great group uh, of, uh, of people. And what we do we go around, we, we visit clinics, we help independent clinics. Um, like Planned Parenthood has a ton of money. They get donations all the time. But the independent clinics that do most of the services are left to fend for themselves a lot of times. So we go and help them out where we can. So we'll do comedy shows in their town and try and raise money. We'll try and raise awareness. We'll try and get like a talk back so people learn about it. And we also um, just try and get in your face and call out these things. Like one of the things we do every day at noon is um, – this 10 minute broadcast like Monday through Thursday we, we just talk about all the laws that people don't un- see that are getting introduced I mean like in in Indiana for example like one of the things that you there they have a law now where if you have an abortion you have to have a fetal burial or cremation for the remains I mean it's insane yeah it's insane for every single time and, and it's done just with the sole intent of making life hell for people at abortion clinics there's only one clinic left in Missouri. Like they're, they're, they they require like hospital admitting privileges, which is going to the Supreme Court, which doesn't sound like a big deal. Except to get hospital admitting privileges, you need to prove that you can have enough patients there to make it worth their while. But abortion is so safe, you don't need that. You won't have any patients going to the hospital because it's super safe. So it's just all these laws meant to close down clinics, and we try and bring attention to that, bring a spotlight, and do it in a funny, irreverent way. So I think that's what we do. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, that's really, that's really, really important work. I think there's so, um, there is so much stigma around abortion and hundred percent. Like it's such important work that you all are doing. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. And I mean, like we're, we're so spoiled in New York and California and Oregon, you know, those places, but you look at like everywhere else there's, there's a, I think the center for reproductive rights has this map. What happens if bro gets overturned and look at your state and you can see it's like, it's a sea of red for hostile. Like all these these places that like will ban abortion. Like when it's if it's left up one hundred percent for the states and they don't have to abide by Roe, they will ban abortion. They've been trying it. They've been trying outright bans. Like like they've been trying it already. Alabama tried it. Ohio tra- is trying it again. So um, it's tough. So we also like to say abortion and just like it's it's we don't look at it as it's like uh, you know le- this safe legal and rare or whatever they used to call it. What is it? Safe and rare or something like that. Well, something sure. like that. I'm not sure. I don't know. They, they said that's when we would like, but no, we, it's like you should have an abortion because we don't, you know, that's between, if you, if someone thinks that a, a six week old fetus is a life, well, that's on you. Then that's between you and your God, but don't tell me what to do with my body. Yeah. You know? so, yeah, absolutely. Or what to believe. So, yeah. Um, that's my abortion spiel. Yeah, no, thank you. I, you know, and I also think about to even just like going back to the name. I still like, I love, I love that it was changed. Oh, just because that, it that's does, awesome. It really is like, because I think especially, well, I'm going to, not especially, but for folks who have uteruses and cervixes and, mm-hmm. you know, um, like it can be very, very triggering, especially if you don't, if you are not a self-identified woman that like. You know, like for me, going to the OBGYN is very challenging. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And um, it just, I, 
I can't, I just, I can't, I, from, you know, it just, it's hard. And like open it, having people open up language to make services accessible to anyone who needs them, um, is just so important. And I, I take note of it because it's, uh, cause I know, you know, like when I went into my, um, OBGYN a few months ago, I noticed that they were calling everyone back by saying miss and then the last name. And so then I had to like make a decision in the moment of like, do I like say something or do I just get misgendered? And then I decided to say something, um, which felt really good, um, to like assert my need. But then I also was like, I don't, I'm already feeling so much anxiety. Like I shouldn't have to do that. And so the fact that there are organizations and folks that are thinking about how important language is is yeah. like really really meaningful. I, I'm really glad you said that, and I'll make sure to I'm going to mention it to Liz because I yeah. think like like some people were fought us on the name change. Like, no, it's just, we're you're inclusive, you're inclusive, you don't need to do that. But I'm I'm glad, and I'll, I'll pass that along for sure. Yeah. But um, and one of the things that that people don't realize or don't pay as much attention to is like the people who are against abortion are against LGBTQ people. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like you'll see signs that said like sodomy is a sin. Abortion is murder. Islam is a lie. It's like the people that hate immigrants, the people that hate Muslims that they also hate abortion. The people that hate gay, you know, and these clinics are some of the few places where they do provide trans care. And people don't realize that. Like yeah. some of these abortion clinics, you can go for like hormone treatment or like STD treatment or like PrEP, you know. And, and it's so – so they're um, – these the people that do this, it's like they – and the shit they have to put up with, it's really amazing. They're amazing people and that's why I love doing the work with I do. That's amazing. Well, thank you for doing the work that you're oh, doing. Oh, totally, totally. Well, Hi. they are paying me, so, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I get paid to do the work that I do, and I also love it. So oh, good, good. That's <laughs> lucky that right, we, are, right. we have those uh, jobs. Okay, I don't want to do this, but I, I have to move us into our last segment. Okay, okay. Um, which is a rapid-fire question. Oh, shit. Um, it's really easy. I'm just going to throw questions at you and just answer as okay. quickly as possible. There are no wrong answers. Armadillo. Except, except one. Oh, okay, great. We're done. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. Pencil or pen? Pen. Acting or singing? Acting. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Meat or veggies? Veggies. Bagels Although or I would rather do meat, but I'm a vegetarian. Oh, okay. But, you know. <laughs> um, bagels or donuts? Donuts. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Oh, we're no longer a match. I know. <laughs> Swipe left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get out! Just wow, both of you are bagels. <laughs> yeah, we are. Really? Uh, I don't need either. I don't need. I have. Any, I don't need bread anymore. But so, okay. but if I had to eat like a third of something, it would be a bit donut, hundred percent. Like if I got a taste. Of it. Oh, Am okay. I ruining your rapid I fire? Mean, you're ruining everything. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're ruining Martin Luther King Day. Oh my goodness, you are. Um, just kidding. Okay, train or plane? Train. Sweet or salty? Salty. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Night or day? Night. Favorite kitchen utensil or item? Whisk. Our last guest said whisk too. What? I think. Yeah. So many themes. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Oh, with 100%. Us today. This has been such wow, a lovely I conversation. Did, so, are you sure there weren't any wrong answers? Because it felt like I gave you a wrong answer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, truly. This was like really great conversation. I, I had to think about it for a second for some of them. You know, I don't know. Does everyone do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Um, any social media you want us to know about? Any upcoming shows? I think this is going to air t- t- towards the end of February. 
Oh, okay. Um, hopefully I'll have some shows for the Trans Day of Visibility in April. Like, yeah. I plan on doing something for that, and I just don't know what yet. Okay. So, I mean, obviously I'd like to be on the road, but I don't know. I would say if you follow, my website is jmcbride.com, J-A-Y-E-M-C-B-R-I-D-E. Uh, Facebook, same name, Twitter, at jmcbride, and Insta is j.mcbride. Because some other one, whatever this person's name is, I can't, I don't know, took Jay McBride. I'm going to assume they're also named Jay McBride. <laughs> it's probably a pretty safe assumption. Yes, yes. Uh, Jay, thank you for coming. Oh, here. no, thank you. It was my pleasure. I hope you had, I had fun. I had so. a blast. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You For Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.